0: What is up everybody i know what you're thinking mac what the hell are you doing here on a thursday well jason needed some much deserved time off so you're stuck with me mac who typically is on the b side of uh you know our sports related show beyond the red zone um but today before we get into this you know i'm gonna go through the pitch the boilerplate if you will uh, you know, TIR is only as good as you listeners and subscribers make it. But if we could do even better if more of you would subscribe. So, if you want access to like the champagne room, some other bonus content, uh, the TIR, TIR chat on Patreon, head over head over to patreon.com/backslash. T- this is Revolution. Become a subscriber uh, and and throw us a few of those ducats that you have earned through your toil surviving late-stage capitalism. But with that being said, I have recently come across the news bit where the owner of the Washington Wizards, the Washington Capitals of the NHL, have decided to move the team from Washington, D.C., to Alexandria, Virginia. And it kind of sent me down into... You know, kind of a a rabbit hole of what is actually a bane on civil society, which is the publicly financing of sports stadiums. So today I'm joined by a guest uh, who is a mentor and friend of mine. Uh, He was one of my professors at the University of North Carolina Pembroke. Uh, He is currently a professor and director of the African-American Studies Program at Western Carolina University. And this man, uh, the effervescent, the amazing, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Dr. David Walton. And give me one second, guys. I'm still learning how to do this. There he is. All right. What up, Dave? How are you, man?
1: I'm doing well, Mac. How about yourself?
0: I, uh, again, I'm surviving late stage capitalism, which is not fun at all, uh, to say the least. Um, but you know, this is kind of a, a bugaboo to me, like, cause I think we both love sports, but we have seen just the outlandish number of publicly financed stadiums in the last, probably honestly, I'm going to blame Baltimore with Camden Yards when that opened in 93 this brand new sparkling baseball park every other baseball team was like well maybe we can get ours like this and then we saw it really start spreading out to the other big 4 now i think it's important to really point this out we're going to we're going to get a little background here about the situation in DC because it's the it's the most recent one So, Ted Leonsis is the guy who owns Monumental Sports and Entertainment. That's the parent company of both the Wizards and the Capitals, right? Uh, He wants to leave the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Now, for people that don't know, this has been plopped down, the Capital One Arena, right in Chinatown, right, Um, in in D.C. Now, the biggest issue is that you know what happens when you put new and sparkly things into urban areas, what typically happens. Gentrification hits like a son of a bitch, right? Indeed. Right? So at one point in Chinatown, you had about 3,000 naturalized Chinese Americans uh, and nothing but privately, you know, small businesses. Um, And in the 26 years that thing's been open, there's only about 300 uh, naturalized Chinese American citizens, a lot of gentrification. And, uh, you know, they knocked out, Uh, I think they said 40% of the small businesses as well as like 1,200 affordable housing units just to build Capital One Arena. So, you know, we've seen it uh, where we're seeing this kind of drift away from the cities where these teams are uh, going from like the city they're in to the burbs. Now, I'm going to ask you, what do you think is the primary driver of this?
1: Oh, great! Because then, you know, for that particular question, moving from the city proper to the burbs, so we could look at it historically. That'll be the Detroit Lions when they left downtown Detroit, went to the Pontiac Dome, which is in uh, Pontiac, Michigan. Was they tore it down? Was in Pontiac, Michigan, right? Oakland County, a very, very wealthy, wealthy county. Then we see it just recently with the baseball stadium for the Braves in Atlanta leaving atlanta and then moving to cobb county i believe similar things with both now working class people uh people from the community now have a greater challenge to having access to the facility they generally do not provide the infrastructure for public transportation similar example uh with when they moved to pontiac with the detroit lions and it's one bus that goes all the way down telegraph to pontiac one bus. In the case of Atlanta, there's no integrated public transportation, so a poor kid couldn't come across a baseball ticket and take the Marta train to get to the baseball stadium, right? So that cuts back on, one, uh, access to those meager jobs, those uh, those uh, uh, minimum wage service industry jobs. That's all the stadiums bring is that. So it reduces access to those poor people to those jobs, right? And we're talking about public finance money. One of the appeals that they use is we're going to bring jobs, right? But then you have the poor people, the working class people, the working poor who can't even get to those locations to take the jobs, right? What we have is, as you mentioned, the destruction of small moms and pops businesses that are eclipsed uh or ran into bankruptcy or to shutter their doors uh because they open uh similar uh uh venues similar businesses within the stadium proper or on the stadium grounds so we're talking also service industry related jobs uh, restaurants uh sports bars memorabilia shops i even seen but this is still inside the city. Uh, I went to Wrigley Field this summer to take some photos, right? And just, you know, but it's inside of Chicago still, so mm-hmm. this doesn't apply in the proper right there. Browns uh, Boys Town, which, you know, is a whole nother story about what that means yep. in Chicago, <laughs> nonetheless. But right there. But then I also saw uh, barber shops, salons inside that complex. So those are the types of things that uh, are usually housed within these stadium complexes, right? So moving to the burbs, to put it quite simple, they're trying to escape poor people. More often than not, they're trying to escape Black people. They're trying to escape poor Black people right? They got to deal with the people that's going to be outside trying to hustle up some money because did isn't any jobs. Hey, I'll take your picture for $5. Yeah. Or
0: but, they're selling the t-shirts and the hats that are half the price of what you buy in the team store. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And then people who may own property uh, near the facilities, parking money, parking revenue to allow people to park on their property in Detroit with Ford Field. It, it, it was a big deal. They've done some things to mitigate that, buying up stuff. So yeah. they can charge the million-dollar-hour parking for the game, $50, yeah. $100 for the game. Like All of those things are are at play when you move it from the inner city, from a metropolis, to the quote-unquote
0: burbs, right? Yeah, I see. I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad you brought that up with Atlanta because I don't know if you know this, but part of their funding came from – uh, the infrastructure, the infrastructure bill, because to get out the Cobb, they had to expand the highways. Yeah. So literally, a federal mm-hmm. program to improve infrastructure and uh, deal with, you know, the beat up roads. Let's face it, 95 and going all the way into Atlanta is awful. Um, was literally expanded with a federal program that was supposed to help, you know, mm-hmm. cities improve infrastructure. Yeah. Um, but this is from the Washingtonian. The Capitals and Wizards are getting a new arena in Alexandria, monumental sports, which I already covered, it's going to be at the multi-purpose entertainment district and I think we need to kind of put a pin in that everybody, the multi-purpose entertainment district because this is going beyond what Dave just said. This isn't just the promise of you know me he and I opening up a sports bar across the street from Ford Field. This is a multi-purpose entertainment district now. Okay, and it's going to be in Potomac Yard, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a 70-acre campus with a 20,000-seat arena, have Monumentals Corporate HQ, Monumental Sports Network Media Studio, practice facilities for both teams, a 6,000-seat concert hall, and an eSports center, along with new residential units, retail, restaurants, conference spaces, and hotels. Now keep this is at the the Potomac Yard Metro stop and it's right off of Reagan Airport's South Runway. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is oh mm-hmm. build an innovation campus, Virginia, and Andrea. And they're opening up their first classrooms in the same area. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think this was a great point because you know, DC i mean back in i think into the early 80s was a predominantly black city like i think that the the african-american population was upwards of 70 percent chocolate city
1: was what it was called chocolate city
0: yeah and and that was brought up in a couple articles right uh where they Mm -hmm. actually went out and talked to the people that are going to be affected by capital one closing um Mm -hmm. and you know It's a shame because, you know, we we have, there's another few stadiums that are like, I don't know if you heard, but the Browns are talking about moving out of downtown Cleveland. Mm. Right. And and keep in mind, their stadium is less than 30 years old. We are seeing more and more, the age of the century old stadium is gone. Gone. (laughs) Right. And I, again, I blame Atlanta for that because they got a free stadium essentially built with Olympic funds for the Braves. And that lasted, I think, all of 22 years before uh, whatever they're calling it now, Truist Stadium uh, in Cobb County, right? Mm -hmm. So every stadium has to have the new bells and whistles. And because of the, I guess, the prestige of having a major league team, cities and municipalities that don't have money will bend over backwards uh, to, to procure you know, the the, the funds to build these things. And I think this this should be where we kind of talk about before we get back into (laughs) socioeconomic reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about some horrible publicly-financed stadiums. And I'm gonna go all the way back to 1976, everybody. A magical time, right? 1976, disco still something, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Americans realize they really love cocaine. And the Winter Olympics was in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Now, this was originally budgeted for $300 million and ended up being $1.5 billion, which would be almost $9 billion in today's money. And they didn't pay off the debt for these games until 2006, right? So 30 years later, they finally paid it off, right? And then you have... If you look at Lake Placid, what was done with all that infrastructure built for the Olympics there? Nothing. It has mm-hmm. literally been rotting since 1980, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the Rio Olympics in 2016, yes. go look at some of those pictures, everybody. It's, it's, you know, Rio may not pay this off until the 2050s, and, and they are not using any of these stadiums.
1: Indeed. The World Cup is another good example. South Africa. They built all those stadiums. Now they just call them large toilet bowls because a lot of them look like toilet bowls. Unused since, what was the 2008 World Cup in I South believe Africa? So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Unused. Unused. All those resources from the, the nation state, the poor nation state, to build these for the prestige of hosting the World Cup. And then all of those facilities are, are going unused because it's impossible to use that amount. Particularly in that same thing with Rio with the Olympics, it's impossible for them to use all of those facilities after the games are over. The only slight difference in the United States is uh, the multiple professional sports at the level that they are, and then those other uh, events like concerts. Uh, in some places, rodeos and things of that nature that are are used in those facilities.
0: Yeah, I mean the. of NFL stadiums are publicly owned, but everybody wants the Jerry Jones deal, right? Jerry Jones built that stadium in Arlington. He did it. Um, Mm -hmm. So he puts on boxing matches. Like you said, there's, you know, a ton of events, concerts, you know, like nothing really happens in Dallas anymore. It happens at the house that Jerry built, and that's in Arlington. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, whether you like it or not, it's not Dallas. It's Arlington. It has its own name, you know. But, like, mm-hmm. he he put the money up for it, so I get it. He gets the revenue from it, right? Mm-hmm. But, but if this, like, say Cleveland, if they put up 80% of the money to build a brand new stadium for the Browns, and Jimmy Haslam wants it covered, he wants a dome stadium so he can hold concerts there during the winter and other events, but he wants 80% of the revenue generated, okay? But the city's going to be on the hook for the debt. And see, this leads me into Miami Marlins Park, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is a per- traditionally a very underperforming franchise. Uh, had a horrible owner who just knew how to work people, and he had, you know, this beautiful ball- ballpark built in 2013. Uh, it came in about $630, but because of the way it was financed, there's mm-hmm. about two and a half billion at the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. And they took out Miami-Dade County took out massive loans uh, like to the- five or three percent interest annually. Awesome. So, I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it, Miami, like we, we all see Miami on TV. It looks cool like when you're on South Beach, but there's a ton of economically depressed areas there, especially in Little Havana where the stadium's at. And yes, like you had already alluded to. We're gonna build this stadium. It's gonna bring jobs and businesses. And there's literally been one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's been what's been grown up around this stadium, you know. And then you look at like SoFi in LA, and yeah. Yo, go go ahead, David. I'm listening.
1: Yeah, I I was gonna say, and I guarantee you, it has uh forced other businesses to close. I I guarantee that and I guarantee that uh, some residential areas had to be raised and uh, uh, rezoned and and those things. So some communities were probably obliterated uh, as a result to build it there. And, And as you said, you know, people had this perception of Miami. They're actually talking about a whole nother city. Miami Beach is a whole nother city. It is not Miami. I used to live in Homestead, Florida. That's south of Miami and Dade County. Most of Miami is poor black and brown communities. Very poor, poor beyond poor, if you want to be honest with you. In the facilities, their public housing and stuff they live in, they're living in military style barracks is, 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 is what most of their projects are, most of their housing is. Right. But we've seen that Jay-Z, they brought him on as a face. I think he was like a 5% investor or whatever, where they destroyed the whole community where he's from to build the, the stadium for the Brooklyn Nets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he he was supposed to eventually take over ownership of that team. And I'm like, dude, I know he's got money. He doesn't have NBA owner money Exactly. Uh like that. that there, and that, that's something else we could talk about. Like, honestly, there's a reason that you know i i really believe the reason we're seeing these public stage to hell and gone because you have like people like the cronkies and the uh the the family that owns the buccaneers they also own english premier league teams and that Mm -hmm. is not something that is affordable um you know like I'm not gonna lie. Welcome to Wrexham. Great documentary with Rob, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney purchasing mm-hmm. a, a lower-tier English football club. Yeah, man, our goal's EPL. Why? Why? You do not have the money to keep up facilities-wise. You do not have the money to keep up with the transfer window. Like, you're—that's nuts. Uh, and, and unless it's to leverage a, you know, a sale, I don't know why you'd want to be in EPL, you know, like <laughs> it's it's absolutely nuts. I
1: agree, um, I agree, and I don't understand, just like someone mentioned Buffalo, and now we're going way back, Buffalo has been getting hold since they first was able to establish a franchise with the AFL, I believe, right, and it was all the lure, was the lure they used was public funds to build this stadium. So Buffalo has been getting screwed, years and years stadium after stadium because buffalo is a great example that happened right as buffalo was depopulating because the manufacturing jobs dried up so those two things were happening at the same time so what does that also lead to decrease in services of the local communities that live within that municipality because they can't afford it they're servicing this debt So to balance the budget, to tighten the belt, they they had to reduce uh, the infrastructure costs, to be quite honest with you, uh, throughout the rest of the city. When the Detroit Lions and the Pistons, because people forget the Pistons ran off and went to o- Oakland County as well. Auburn, Auburn Hills, right? Palace of Auburn Hills. I remember when that stadium was built. Now it's closed down. Ain't been 30 years. 30, 35 at the most. It was the bad boys era when they opened the Palace of Almond Hills. So we're talking about 35 years. We're talking like 89, yeah. 88, around that time, right? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, Then so then first the first Lions came back down, Ford field, public dollars was part of that as well, Ford field, Little Caesars Arena where the Pistons play at now. Right, they cross the street from one another. Uh, but, you know, you get high police presence, very integrated and very upkept infrastructure. I mean, they even have street trolleys, uh, they got multiple forms of public transportation in downtown Detroit. Right. Uh the high police presence, the infrastructure, the roads have been redone lighting, all this stuff, right? This is even before they completed the renovation plan of downtown Detroit. Now you wouldn't recognize it from 10 years ago at all. I was just home this summer and I didn't recognize much of downtown Detroit. Uh, But, you know, but the city itself outside of that area, no infrastructure, no infrastructure at all. But all those hundreds of millions of dollars are going to services debt as well as provide the infrastructure for that facility to be used uh, by sports fans and then uh, entertainment
0: fans. Right. Yeah. I mean, and this, we, we'll, we'll just get into it now. Like the, the multi, like the multi-purpose entertainment district is, has been the the, the phrase in vogue for about a decade, mm-hmm. right? You're not just building a stadium anymore. We're going to mm-hmm. build hotels. We're yep. going to build, you know, uh, you know, commercial areas where you know your favorite buffalo wild wings or open up a a place there you know Mm -hmm. keep in mind these are not going to be you know small mom and pop restaurants they're Mm going to be franchises corporate corporate stores yeah yeah, corporate stores right Mm -hmm. you know and the thing is is we've seen uh and and everybody i'll put a link in the chat but don't don't hold it against me it's a cato institute study but it Mm -hmm. was very well done um six pages long that showed the economic impact that a professional sports team and stadium has on a city is negligible mm-hmm. negligible at best mm-hmm. right uh Dave already hit on it we are talking about minimum wage service jobs mm-hmm. um and i don't know if you saw what ha- is happening in vegas right now uh the stadium workers are part of uh, the the group of service workers in vegas that are trying to unionize mm-hmm. so Uh, they just had 70 or 80 of them arrested for picketing, you know, um, we're, we're seeing that these, this small club of professional sports owners, um, and keep in mind, some of these people are so wealthy. They own multiple teams in the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, we all know that they're going to be anti-labor. They're not going to be really too concerned, uh, with paying people. And on top of that, for places like Cleveland Browns Stadium. Um, it's not an all year round job. It's during the the season. Uh, So these people have to work two to three jobs in a, in a given year just to make ends meet.
1: Yes. I had a little cousin. He worked for Ford field and the best way I could describe it. He worked for, uh, events. That's the best way. All right. You get the home football games, and then the random concerts. Yeah and there and where they the the way they are spaced out exactly it's it's essentially a part-time job yeah at best
0: you know where on an honestly you know you're not making a whole ton of money doing it um but these these multi-purpose kind of like we're going to build a destination to get people to come to the city mm-hmm. right I, I think what kills me most about it is like kind of tying this back to the, the wizards and the capitals. The state of Virginia has cut funding for education so much. They spend $1,900 less on per student than every other state in the country, um, which is nuts. Absolutely nuts. Like we're talking about servicing a debt load that could reach the billions of dollars. And some of these cities do not generate that in a year. mm mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. how how can we justify a cut of nineteen hundred dollars per student? How do we justify uh, closing libraries, public health clinics? How do we justify all that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then say. We need a couple billion dollars to build a, you know, a multi-purpose entertainment district. Okay. It's It's it's
1: it's it's a great metaphor for the farce. Of trickle down economics, right? Because the argument they're going to give that is going to generate all this revenue through these various channels, that's going to trickle down to the layperson in that community. That's what they argue, right? That's what they get these fancy presentations, hire these PR firms to help them put together their marketing campaign, their presentation materials. To make essentially that argument, right, and then it's going to drum up. And then when you add in, this is going to be a destination place, right? And they're making an additional argument, which is the same that they do in third world countries, developing nations, the global south, with what tourism.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. That's the that's the argument they're making. They're essentially making a neo-colonial argument and viewing these cities as eternalized economies. That they can use their tax revenue for to 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 further enrich themselves, to further strengthen themselves to further make the area a destination for people like themselves,
0: yeah, I mean, and that goes back to what you know we were saying before, and I think this is the crux of the entire argument. We see a small we'll go two mile by two mile block where these facilities are at, right. and that might be a little generous, but we'll just say two mile by two mile Mm -hmm. that have billions of dollars invested in it. And if you're not from a place like Detroit or Cleveland uh, the roads are (laughs) awful (laughs) because the salt eats them, you know, they're they're not meant, they're not maintained very well. Um, But Hey, you're, you're getting freshly paved roads. You're getting these trolley systems you probably yep. have a more robust bus system there that maybe stays, you know, active a little later. Yeah. And then you get outside that two mile by two mile block and it's nothing, nothing. right now. And this is this is the kicker. Uh, you know, the people that work these these venues, you know, like you like your cousin, uh, you know, I did it at a minor league stadium in high school where I sold peanuts and I made mm-hmm. 650 an hour, um, you know. But the people that work these venues don't live in that two mile by two mile block, right? like you said, we are looking at the complete revamping of entire downtowns usually, right where the old guard uh probably with it, 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 more rapidity is being pushed out uh to allow these kind of uh, fuck it, we'll we'll just call them neocolonial consumers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are, are are you know knocking down um their spaces, you know, they're they're taking over their apartment buildings. I mean, I've seen in the areas around the stadiums in Cleveland where you had rents like in downtown, uh, that were maybe four or five hundred bucks a month, and now you're looking at probably twenty eight, twenty five, or you know, twenty eight, twenty nine hundred dollars a month. Yep. Absolutely ridiculous. Yep. You know, but what happens and this is this is I think. What we have to look at as well is what happens when the old stadium closes mm-hmm. what it does to the people around it um because everything that's been built up in chinatown now and i was there uh earlier this summer because i took my kids to see a concert uh in dc um not a big band but it was pretty nice the the <laughs> the place was in a you know basement bar it was rad as hell Kids had a great time that was the best they are too man I, I cannot do big stadium shows anymore I just can't like give me a small venue where I'm gonna get elbowed in the face in a pit and I'm a happy camper right yeah um but all these places that have built up around the stadium um, you know what happens now like how how do we I, I guess the, the the question now is is how do we fill that gap? And by we, I mean us, you know, because we're the only ones that are going to be willing to do it. God knows D.C. has drug its feet on a lot of um, infrastructure and public spending. Uh, And I think that has a lot to do with Congress, because Mm -hmm. uh, if anybody's not in on it, D.C. City Council and the mayor have a lot of pool. Their budget still has to be approved by Congress. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but how how. How do we do that, Dave? Like that's the like Indeed. you know how how I have no clue because especially when you lose the jobs is it, it, bad as they are that's still uh that's still employment for somebody for like you said as Indeed. many events as you can get a year right. Indeed. Indeed. Um, on top of that, a lot of the uh, you know the housing is tied to you know the the arena as well. You know, let's face it, when you've got asses in seats and you've got like uh like the team uh employees there damn right you're gonna have the the supers are gonna be out there to fix your ac in the summer Mm -hmm. but what happens when no one's living in these buildings anymore exactly you know um so i think the the kicker in all this is as we're seeing especially towns like atlanta dc detroit Right, I'm One, I'm glad the Lions got back to Detroit, that's great. I don't like the vibe in, in, in rebuilding it. I saw it, it's happening in Cleveland, it's happening in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. you know, where all the locals are getting pushed out and all yes. these goofy white dudes are showing up uh, that have no idea about the town. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are seeing a, a big, usually it's, it's not Detroit going, you know, the Lions going back to Detroit. We're seeing, like we talked about, they're going to the Burbs. Um, and honestly, Leonosis uh, Leonsis, uh, had brought up the criminal aspect. D.C.'s riddled with crime.
1: They always go to bring that. That's code word for the darkies.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, and the the Braves owner did the same thing. Yeah. Um, but let's I mean, we, we know these people are trying to make money. And yeah. where, like you said, where the Braves go, Cobb County, very mm-hmm. affluent, very white county with money to spend.
1: Yep. And created a whole new complex, a campus shopping, high end shopping, high end restaurants, stuff that in theory for that location, for the residents in that area, that they can use that facility 24 seven. Yeah. That will have jobs that can be all year round service industry jobs. Maybe you pay a little bit more than the same chain restaurant. Across town, uh, in Atlanta proper. However, the people that are going to be working those jobs either they're going to be far commuting working poor, or they're going to be the young kids who live in this affluent community wor- working them jobs. Yeah. So it's not really, it's not going to benefit uh, the, the the large metropolis. It's not going to address, uh, uh, you know employment shortages is not going to address giving working, I mean, livable wages uh, to people, you know, uh, because it's not designed for that. Yep. When you're moving to those places, to the suburbs, where they're deliberately trying to cut off from the urban metropolis. Because that's what those designs are designed. Like I said, I saw it with the Pistons and the Lions, right? And then to rebrand it, yep. they said, oh, we're going to come on back. You know, because the Lions have been losing forever, right? Except for this year. So to rebrand it, let's try something new. We're going to get public dollars to build a new stadium. Then they give us this bullshit. We can attract better athletes. People are going to want to play for Detroit because, look, we have this new stadium. I'm not sure how much of that shit is true or not, but it sounds
0: like some bull crap to me. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, the Stanford study from, uh, I believe it was eight years ago. Um literally track teams in municipalities and cities over the course of like 25 years. Mm -hmm. And there's only been one city that made money. Okay. uh, From having a professional sports team. And I kid you not 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers the year they won the title. Mm -hmm. The city generated over about $30 million in revenue.
1: I could see because for them, it was probably uh, such new interest. So the tourism related around to the games helped generate that money. I mean,
0: honestly, it probably was the mix of LeBron. Everyone wants to see LeBron, right? And then you had the Golden State Warriors coming off of two straight titles Mm -hmm. and, you know, with the Splash Brothers and all that. I mean, that's great. But, I mean, people don't realize the Gateway Project, which built what is now Quicken Loans Arena, Progressive Mm -hmm. Field, um, and, and kind of revamp downtown Cleveland went like $3 billion or budget mm-hmm. and Cleveland won't be done paying off those loans, I think for another 15 or 20 years. And you got to think progress has been open since 95. You know I mean? This is, it's ridiculous. Um,
1: I, I want to you... tell your friend, somebody said NBA players only want to play in LA, Miami or Texas teams really is Florida. And L.A., it's only L.A. teams because access to Hollywood to make millions of dollars in other venues. But most professional athletes, actually, they want to play in Florida because they got the favorable taxes, income
0: taxes. Yeah, Florida and Texas have no state income tax. So that's now- why
1: those states, Texas and Florida, and then L.A. for the Hollywood. But Texas and Florida it's because of them taxes. And you'll hear people talking about it when they talk about trades and taking the tax taking the pay cut to go to the tampa bay buccaneers but now they're getting 100 percent of their money but they was in california
0: where they was only getting 30 percent of their money because of the income tax yeah i mean and that that's the thing people don't realize when you're a professional athlete on monday when you're say so you eat the heat you're not playing but on tuesday when you're in charlotte mm-hmm you're paying 8% state tax in North Carolina state tax, right? Like that's just, it it depends on where you play on the day. Um, You know, but see, and that, that's, that's brings me to like another thing, right? If you've got an ownership group who's like, Hey man, I need a new stadium. You know, like you said, we want to draw these players in so I can make this team better so we can be competitive and I can win titles, which we know 90 percent of it's bullshit okay. because these these owners don't want to win titles. They want to make money. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Joe Lacob, who owns the Warriors, I believe he wants to win titles because that guy has been over the, the, uh, the cap in the NBA for five years and he has to pay out four dollars for every dollar he's over now. It's like four hundred million dollar check. He writes directly to the NBA now. And he, because he wants mm-hmm. to win. Okay, I get it, right? Um, but we know 90% of these owners don't give a shit. Like, look at, I mean, the Twins owner for years, Carl Pohl had, he just mm-hmm. took that revenue sharing money and sat on it. And it got to the mm-hmm. point where Major League Baseball, remember, was going to contract the Twins and the Montreal Expos at one point. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that didn't happen. The Expos ended up moving to D.C., becoming the Nationals, and the Twins got a stay of execution. Um, But, if you know right, you're not really gonna put pump money into the team, like whether it be salary or you know practice facilities or coaching staff or whatever it is, right, and you know that you want those that concession money, you know you want that parking money, right? you know you want all those things. if you're saving money on the team side, why aren't you putting more money into the stadium? <laughs> so you can get those things. Like honestly, I don't understand how city councils, mayors, uh, county, you know, county oversight commissions, and even governors, like Yunkin, governor of Virginia, is kicking. Mm-hmm. like has already said, I will kick in money for this stadium in Alexandria. You're paying nineteen hundred dollars less per student in public schools, mm-hmm. but you're willing to help foot the bill for a billion dollars student priorities right um but- I mean,
1: voters fall for it the optics oh look what they did they brought this stadium here they brought this professional franchise here we've never had one here you know it's 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 the optics it's 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 the bait and switch but when people aren't informed right they don't realize i mean if, if we're being honest this new generation they're way more savvy here. So I, I want to make that distinction. These 18, 19, 20, 22-year-old, these this new generation, they may be more pay attention more to that or be more aware because they seem to pay attention to more things, even if it's not important. But they're paying attention to more things, yep. right? Uh, but you know, my generation, I was born in '75, graduated high school in '93. We didn't pay much attention to understand what was going on. It was something about public funds to build a new stadium. We wasn't really making those connections, right? Uh, You know, we were viewing it in terms of maybe tax cuts or something, uh, meaning that they get tax breaks to build this stadium or whatever. We didn't completely. I think these younger generation understand that aspect much more at their age than uh, my generation did when we were their age. Uh, So they may call that out. They may vote against it. Or vote people out depending on the political processes used to get the public funds approved. Right? Because in some instances, they'll do a, a ballot initiative, a millage, you know, in other places, it'd yep. be some jail cut in the state legislature when they pass some type of thing, right? So it depends on how it happens or city council make a resolution committing certain amount of money over a certain amount of years or whatever the case may be. But I think these younger people are more on it. They appreciate urban spaces much differently than my generation. My generation, our goal was to run away from urban spaces. That's how you made it. I was just talking to somebody about that the other night. Like that was a sign that you made it by leaving the community, right? But this generation, they're more so Talking about physically transforming the community, urban farming, urban gardening, urban green spaces, green spacing. They uh, will be more. They're more predisposed already to oppose yep. and, and organize themselves and people in the community against some of these things, right? They're they're naturally predisposed. To put some hope in it, and to go back to something you were saying, well, what do we do? How do we stop it? <clears throat> it's It's gonna be the young people that figure that out, and I think they're gonna figure it out sooner than later. <clears throat>
0: you, you know? Yeah, yeah. They have. I mean, I noticed that when I was like, I went to my freshman year. I was 35 years old, and seeing uh how active you know the younger students were, I was like, holy shit, man! Like I. I couldn't imagine doing that when I was 18 or 19 now all day long. I mean, granted, I got to like ice myself down afterwards and and take <laughs> like 38 ibuprofen. But, you know, you're I think you're absolutely correct on that on that note. Um, But, you know, it's it's just I don't think this is going to stop. Uh, And I like I I, don't, you know, I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but I actually feel bad for Vegas, who is going to be on the hook for not one, not two, but three stadiums. Mm-hmm. uh in the span of like 10 years mm-hmm. like and this I is under- a
1: place that already has poor infrastructure
0: yeah oh it's limited- absolutely shit <laughs> yeah
1: limited amenities i have friends that live in las vegas they don't live on the strip they live in the real town of las vegas, yeah. where it gets yeah. dark 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 the underbelly if you want you know yeah. all them service workers gotta live somewhere and they're yeah. not many lot
0: of money Uh, vastly underpaid for a place that has artificially inflated property values because of billionaire casino owners yeah you know yeah yeah
1: so you know uh yeah i mean that's definitely it's going to implode it's going to implode and uh poverty and crime is already bad in las vegas it's going to skyrocket because it's going to implode they're going to be able to provide less and less services and much of their revenue, they rely on tax money off of the service industry, and fines, criminal fines for all all the visitors that come there and leave with a misdemeanor.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, DC Joe Black uh, brought up a good point. But what if we are organized, but just like Cop City and ATL, local government just ignores the people and approves development and construction? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, Joe, Cop City. Uh, and this is going to kind of get off topic but i mean i don't think you mind dave no, cop no city. city yeah cop city uh is part of the military industrial complex that's exactly what it was built for uh, the company that built it uh built mount cities and multiple uh military installations um you know they're they're going to have military contracted trainers there mm-hmm. um because this is all part and parcel of what we're seeing how are, you know our It was a kind of creeping fascism, but we're just going full on sliding into it now. Yeah. um, Where we have uh, cops that are uh, funded and equipped like the military. Yes. uh, And their primary reason is to be pointed directly at the people. I don't think there was ever a way to stop that, honestly. Mm -hmm.
1: Now, I mean, it had that federal. Like you said, they had the underlying unspoken federal support. Uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, and you mentioned the military contractors training stuff, I could be mistaken, but I'm almost certain I'm true, that they even had IDF soldiers there training. Oh,
0: yeah, like yeah, absolutely. They had uh, active duty IDF personnel, uh, yes. mo- mostly to cover uh, what they're calling riot training.
1: Yes, urban warfare. Yeah. Urban um, warfare. That's why when the lady... Uh, One of the sisters from the squad, when she gave a talk from the uh, from the floor in Congress, she pointed out, no, it's it's not. They are training our police officers. They're using the same equipment. We're sending them the same equipment that they're training our officers in to engage our citizens on the street, just like in Palestine. Same thing in Ferguson, Missouri. It's direct links uh atlanta has always well i can't say always for probably about 80 years has been a military industrial complex city you know people don't pay attention just ride to martyr. you'll be like man there's a lot of bases right here in the city or right outside of atlanta military bases you know just ride the martyr. fort mcpherson all these bases just you know not even getting down to augusta fort stewart and all that we're just talking about right there fulton county DeKalb county right there it 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 is a military industrial complex city has been for about 80 years if not longer to be honest you know so yeah the cop city but they still fighting it when i was there this summer people was coming up to me to get me to sign petitions but i was not reg- i'm not a registered voter there so me signing a petition wasn't gonna help them, but they still out there trying to do something with it though. Yeah,
0: I mean, and I give I give the protesters a lot of credit. Like it, it takes a lot of balls to sit there and take that kind of abuse for as long as they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the fact of the matter is, I you know like I was saying, I don't think you stop like it, it's not in the cards. The federal government wanted to build as well because they're yes. gonna use that training facility as well for it could be uh secret cyber uh, you know, guys, the special operations units. We're going to be training there. Uh, it is literally the largest yeah. Mount city. Um, and Mount is uh, military operations in urban terrain or essentially city fighting. Um, it's very hard to train for on military installations. I would know, you know, I served a long time. Um, so they build specific, uh, training centers and honestly, cop city was going to be it. Um, but when we were talking about publicly funded sports stadiums, I think Davey hit the nail on the head. Uh, younger people are are voting now, um, and I I'm not gonna lie, I like what they're doing, where they're like, you know what, if the federal government's just gonna fuck us, fine, we won't cast a vote there, but we're gonna be very active in our local politics, mm-hmm. which I think honestly makes more sense because at the federal level, not a lot of difference. Uh, between Republicans and Democrats when you're not talking about kind of the culture war type of stuff. Mm. Um, But, uh, you know, this could torpedo a lot of people in Virginia. Um, You know, somebody brought up that, you know, a lot of people in Alexandria don't want the stadium. I think there's some loud people that don't want the stadium. But I think the people in power uh, and the money behind those people, they want it. And they will do whatever it takes to get it. Uh, and that probably includes what we would think, dropping the tax rate, uh, mm-hmm. putting like tax incentives, like you won't have to pay city or you know, city tax for a certain amount of years, um, maybe getting some of those, you know, the, the TGI Fridays and the Buffalo Wild Wings that come down to the the multipurpose entertainment district, you know, they're they're those corporations don't have to pay it either. Um but yeah, I mean it this could cost uh, you know, because of the stadium, it, it could cause Virginia to swing a whole other way. Um, yeah, which I think would be great. I think I mean, honestly, I, I think we're at the point now where, you know, our parents really hosed us as far as their poor voting records and putting people like Reagan into mm-hmm. power. Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is we're, we're seeing more and more calls for uh, a more robust, you know, safety net. We're seeing more calls to to really do away with the two party system. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I think we'll have to fight that one for a long time because the people in power are not going to want to give up their seats. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, people are, uh, you know, we're we're done. We're fed up uh, with with the status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like it's 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 odd because like when I talk to other leftists, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we talk, I, I think sport is a great way to organize. Mm-hmm. It gives kids an outlet to get together with other kids. And I'm not saying start a football team because that's stupid expensive, but you know what you can do? Basketball and soccer, bam, mm-hmm. cheap. Mm-hmm. Right? Indeed. Indeed. You know what? If, if, if you are having problems like getting your kid into, you know, the, the local little league or the AAU, like, and I've, I've asked this question to a couple people, why aren't we starting our own sports leagues? Why aren't we starting our own charter schools? Mm-hmm. If the state is going to continue to cut public education why aren't leftists starting our own charter schools? Because the state's just cutting checks to you know? <laughs> I mean Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. These are things we have to start looking at. Um, I really believe if if we want to uh, uh really start making a difference. Uh you know, you and mm-hmm. I talked extensively on You Don't Know History about the Panthers social programs. Well, if we start leaning into like starting our own schools, our own mm-hmm. sports leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, that would go a long way. Uh, I, I really think, you know, giving, giving people community is important. You know, it's, what- uh, it's something that's happening as a
1: result of co- current trends in politics. Ron DeSantis out of Florida, for example, with the attacks on education. So we're seeing the reemergence of community people organizing, freedom schools at this stage they're not designed to replace k-12 they're more so designed like the old freedom schools or like a hebrew school for jewish americans right to teach in their case jewish history culture identity right they're starting them now uh restarting them for african-american culture and history because of the assaults in schools. And I know that firsthand because an organization that I'm on the executive board of, uh, you know, when we had our conference in, in, in uh, Jacksonville, Florida in October, that was one of our resolutions to support th- them and help create more because they had started a couple of them in Florida uh, because of the legislation and stuff that the sanchez is, is playing. So leftists, we can start with that model. Political education, you you know what I'm saying, and uh, 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 and culture as political. So you know, culture as political, or spaces in culture that create, you know, that create political spaces, right? That's a space that that they can operate in, and it's going to become more necessary. And this is why, because one thing we haven't hit on, and it's directly related. It's not related into the teams, ownerships clubs that are trying to take their stadium build new stadiums in the suburbs but those that are want new stadiums rebuilt in the urban areas or to build new stadiums in the urban areas right because those things are happening as well oh, yeah.
0: right you had yes. the
1: george stone and they built the mercedes-benz state mm-hmm. talked about the pistons in the in the Lions, and then we could talk about other places where that's what, what they're doing right uh i mean they did it in new york new jersey you know, right there. If I'm not mistaken, they built it right, right next door. In fact, yep. uh, the old one, right, uh, is what we're seeing is a reverse of what began really at the turn of the uh, old century, right, early 1900s, right. The downtown areas became slums because that's where the manufacturing was, right. That's where the pollution, the dirt, the noise. They, you want to live away from the urban center. Now over the last 20 years in this increasing reverse thing the happenings is now at the urban center and they're displacing those former residents those poor people that were trapped in those slums they're displacing them to these rural areas and these pockets of rural slums or suburban slums right which doesn't seem uh intuitive but it is because they they've used uh You know uh government programming to do it section 8 housing yep detroit you cannot get a section 8 voucher in the city of detroit you can get one in wayne county though that's the county that detroit is in but in the city of detroit you can't so and then to get certain federal monies these small these municipalities these towns and cities right, uh, they have to have at least one income-based housing development in their municipality to receive certain federal funds. So you will see in a, a, a fluent area, right, and then you'll see this one apartment complex where all the ghetto people live at, for lack of a better way to put it, regardless of what they look like, immigrants, Black people, white people, Hispanic, Chicano, no matter what they look like, but you're going to see you. Yeah there and that's so we're going to start seeing that more rise of that where it's going to turn to the the the, the, the suburban areas outside of the super super affluent ones they're going to amount to becoming you know suburban slums and downtown and the city proper midtowns downtown if they're gonna come yeah. up with all these fancy names you know that's gonna be the place to be all yeah sudden, you know and then they want these amenities for these people, there to draw them there, right? Oh, who want, who doesn't want to live in downtown Detroit now? Twenty five years ago, nobody wanted to live in. Fucking oh yeah, town.
0: yeah. It's just it's just like uh you know it it's weird the I guess like the the twenty first century gentrification the creep uh because mm-hmm. it kind of came out of nowhere it hit Brooklyn first and you're mm-hmm. like of all places Brooklyn New York really okay. You know you see housing prices go through housing prices go through the roof um and then they started a westward creep and i really noticed that when i was a kid it, it had just started in pittsburgh mm-hmm. and now you know you have sections of pittsburgh where like you're just like holy shit it's gorgeous not that pittsburgh wasn't cool to begin with pittsburgh's a rad and town yeah. it just it was a rust belt city you know yep. like our manufacturing and steel work abandoned us and We've yeah. been banding together to try to survive since, you know, it mm-hmm. hit Cleveland, dude, it beat up. I mean, it really got took off in Chicago.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So and honestly now that probably you, had a
0: lot to do with you know, that. I think it probably had a lot more. People,
1: to do. They got displaced. So I'll be in Detroit over the last couple of years, hanging downtown Detroit home back in Michigan for a couple of weeks in the summer person sitting next to me at the bar. I'm a friendly ass guy. Hey, what brings you to Detroit? Oh, I live here. Oh, you live here? That's interesting, where you live. Oh, I live up the street, around the corner. Oh, dig that. I remember when that used to be where all the the, the rock stars hung out. I'm not talking about people with a band. I'm talking about crackheads. (laughs) Yes. The rock stars. Right? And I'm like, well, where'd y'all move from? Brooklyn. They got priced out and moved to other places gentrifying. So some of the gentrifiers got gentrified, they damn self, <laughs> and they been spread out throughout the Midwest. So you see, in a lot of them in Cleveland, they they from Connecticut, they from yeah. New York, getting displaced, and then they go and gentrify those other areas because they've gotten displaced by the rising property costs and property taxes
0: and stuff. You know,
1: it's 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 a it's a very insidious process.
0: Yeah, the the gentrification mm-hmm. snowballs awful. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I, you know, you got to think before it would kind of get to where it was, it wanted to be. And it just kind of stood pat there. Right. And kind Mm -hmm. of build up a a center. And now it's like you said, well, it's too expensive for me to live in Brooklyn. I'm going to go to Pittsburgh. Now it's too expensive Mm -hmm. for me to live in Pittsburgh. I'm going to Cleveland, going from Cleveland to Chicago. I mean, you're seeing it really bad in St. Louis now, Mm -hmm. Omaha, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, holy shit. Like it's, it's really just going to roll across. Uh, until like it meets, you know, the, the massive gentrification in California mm-hmm. uh, to where the rest of us who don't have gentrifier money are just like, where the hell am I going to eat? And, you know, where the hell am I going to live? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and at that point, you know, who knows what'll, you know, what the hell is going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, to, to kind of get back and, and tie this one off everybody, it, it's, I, I don't think this stadium issue is going to be one that just goes very soon. I think it'll actually get worse um, because Ooh. after SoFi Stadium in L.A. was built, you know, with Kroenke, um, you know, that that was a privately financed stadium. And everybody, I use that term loosely because Kroenke had to get a five hundred million dollar loan from the NFL and had special tax incentives from Inglewood and the county to finish construction. Right. So, you know, it's that was that topped out at five billion dollars, the most expensive stadium built in the world right now. Um, I know some people are gonna be like, well, what about World Cup? Well, that's multiple stadiums. That's always gonna be more but when we're talking one, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles is the most expensive stadium ever built. And that is the standard like we saw with Atlanta moving from Turner field or, you know, whatever they called it before going into SunTrust and now Truist Stadium, that was 20 something years, right? Mm -hmm. And the price tags for these things just keep going higher and higher and higher. And the shelf lives of these stadiums keep getting lower and lower and lower. Mm -hmm. And every time they build one of these things, we see a massive reduction in population. We see a massive reduction in private, you know, small businesses. you know we see, a uh, 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 you know, essentially displacement of people, and they build these, and they know I'm only going to get it for 20 to 25 years, mm-hmm. and it's going to be time to go someplace else and displace people. Yep. Um, if they're going to stay in, in, in our urban areas, or mm-hmm. they go out to the burbs and where there is space to just build these, you mm-hmm. know, multi use entertainment areas, you mm-hmm. know, like in. But you can a the, the generation, generation.
1: That's all they yeah. want. One generation. And then they'll move back to the urban area after that, just like with the Pistons and the uh in the Lions, right? One generation, right? That's what they'll get. A kid is born. A fluent family moves into that community. A kid is born. By the time that kid is two years in the college or two years in the military, right? They tearing that stadium down and building up. Yep, you you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, and and the thing is it's like how that this is like a constant debt load that if you and I were like if it was ours, um you know, we're our shit's in collections and they're garnishing yeah. our tax returns, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> like that's how it is. You yes. know, but these cities just continually uh, uh carry this this load um you know, so For me, it's like at what point, and I'm gonna get a little nerdy here, everybody. At what point are the credit ratings for these cities downgraded? Mm -hmm. Right? Because every city
1: of it all, Detroit filed bankruptcy, and then still got and still financed them stadiums. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. That's a good point. Like, um, like I know, uh, it was under what Kwame. Kilpatrick, right? That, yeah. That they uh that right after he was indicted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um but and they uh, tried to
1: blame and they tried to blame the lawsuits that he incurred as a major reason. They didn't talk discuss in the media all those things. Um, excuse me, that they did using public dollars to finance the construction of those casinos. That's a
0: that's a whole I think Hey, JB, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it. I really do. Um, but no, that, that's another big thing. The way gambling is tied to sports now. Yes. Right? That is also driving this because you know what's at SoFi? A betting desk. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I Like in, in Ohio, you know, there's legalized sports gambling. So you could literally, before you go to Progressive or go to Brown Stadium, you can hit the Jack Casino and put your bets down. Mm -hmm. and then literally hop on the trolley five minutes later you are at brown stadium or you just walk across the street to quick and loans or progressive right Mm -hmm. like we're gonna i I think we're that is going to be another big part of these multi-entertainment areas is Mm -hmm. as states start legalizing sports gambling Mm -hmm. you're gonna see you're gonna see books in these areas yeah you know
1: because Mm -hmm. you gotta
0: think fanduel and draft kings you know are your daily Fantasy sports betting ridiculously influential in, in, in the sports world now, right? Yes. But how <clears throat> much how much money can these cities start generating if I want to put down one of those stupid prop bets? Like, hey, how many times are you going to show the scoreboard on the TV? You know, like which is a yeah. prop bet you can put down during the Super Bowl. You know, mm. like there's so much money to be made for that, and I think mm. if a city's like, well, in these multi you know use entertainment areas, can mm. we put a book? Oh, we can, okay, definitely, we're gonna write this check. How much do you need for this stadium because mm. all they're seeing is money generated, but not the debt load they have to carry in order to do it
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's a hey, well that's government. That's our liberal, our neoliberal government. That kick it down the can, kick it down the road, kick it down the road. We ain't got money to help y'all, as Tupac said, uh got money for wars but can't feed the poor. We ain't had no money. And all of a sudden we got all these trillions of dollars for these wars that's going on in, in Ukraine and in uh, Palestine. We got money money all of a sudden got money got money got money they're printing money you know what i'm saying it's, yep yeah just kicking the can down the road and, and that's what these cities are doing uh they expect and i know you about to wrap it up but they they're banking on public education to collapse uh that's you know i'm not a conspiracy theorist so i'm not gonna say it's designed to keep one group of people down uh, by by default, it's going to keep one group of people, a certain segment of the yep. population, down. By default, right, it's going poor people, working class people, working poor. It's going to keep them down because they're not going to be able to afford what will become uh, supplemental education to prepare their children to compete to go to college. You know what I'm saying?
0: They I mean, we're already, we're already seeing it. We're already seeing it, like, for ACT yes. and SAT prep. Yes. Those yes. courses are ridiculous. And mm-hmm. the way, you know, the, the way the United States college model is, you know, which is to generate profit. Yep. You know, um, because let's face it, school administrators, one, detest the faculty right. there that are trying to do their jobs and educate the next generation of young Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh but they administrators look at every one of us like we're atms yeah um yes. and they use know. a
1: consumer model and people like me as faculty we hate when administrators chancellors presidents depending on what system you are in when we hear them say shit like this to the student you know you are a consumer right one there i'm glad they say it because it lets me know where their minds are at but yep. two <clears throat> you know it also reveals the, the educational model what we got that's why all this rising student loan debt all this other stuff because it's it's many different leeches feeding off that system getting wealthy remaining wealthy and all that but then it sends the wrong message to the student where students now they ain't got a clue what the fuck education is for it ain't about self-improvement becoming a better person better citizen no it's simply about let me get this piece of paper to get a job to work for somebody that's really yep. what it is. So it's transactional. I pay your salary, so you're supposed to pass me. You ain't came to NAN class, but you're expecting to get a passing grade because you paid your tuition. And I dig it because they got to leave with all that fucking debt. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. Yep. but I And I feel your uh, subscriber, JB, when he says public schools have already collapsed. But it isn't a complete collapse yet. It's not a complete collapse it's not understood that uh you know if you go into public schools it's like this i don't know if they did this in your school jb or mac I, they certainly did it in the schools when i was growing up where they track people right college prep general yep. general me and you was the excuse my language i'm just gonna say how it is the general was for the niggas that was going to the army or prison <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah we, or, had a voc- had we had a vocational like, program yeah so like if you if nothing. you weren't tracking if you weren't tracking academics they'd be like hey man how about welding yeah. you know or how about uh automotive mechanic or i think mm-hmm. there was like four other like there were four total but now, like when, it they, gave when you gave a lot get,
1: of when you get certification to leave with your journeyman's license and all you had to do was your apprenticeship then that was good when they was doing vocational and yep. nutrition plumbers and all that but they cut that so it was simply college prep in general You know what I'm saying? You had shot, but you wasn't leaving there but nothing but with the damn ashtray or a fucking screwdriver that you made, the toolbox. Yeah. You wasn't leaving with no certifications or anything like that. Right? Uh particularly in a place like Detroit where that was a big thing. The emperor from Japan in 1920s came over to Detroit, Michigan to look at their school model because that's was the big thing in their school model was that vocational education and people were leaving out of high school with those certifications and licensures and stuff right but it's going to be public school is general ed private schools charter schools that you're going to pay some money on top of whatever state allocates that's following you then you're going to got the money to pay some money on top of that that's how they're going to do the charter schools where they're going to be quasi public i mean private schools is what i fear and then public and then that's going to be the college prep and the, the public schools are just going to be the people that's going to go to the army or prison.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the shitty thing. Uh, the way the education system is now, it's, uh, you know. We need to prep you to be pumped back into the economy to work these menial jobs. Yeah. Um, and like you said, the specialized, you know, ACT uh prep, uh, you know, uh, Case in point, the, uh, you know, GRE and the LSAT. Mm-hmm. Why am I, if I plan on pursuing history as a PhD, why am I taking a math portion mm-hmm. to, to get into graduate school? Mm-hmm. Um, they're gatekeeping mechanisms. So if you exactly. don't have the money to pay for, you know, the the prep or, you know, the, the specialized prep or the tutor, which I've seen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't go, you know, and it makes no sense. Uh, absolutely no sense.
1: Anybody to tell you, uh, you've taken both the GRE and the LSAT. I, too, have taken both the GRE and the LSAT. Everybody that I know that's an attorney. I met my ex-wife when she was in law school. So her and all her friends told me flat out, the LSAT has no bearing on what you're going to do in law school. Yeah. It don't even test for that. It's test with something else. The GRE, like you mentioned with the math, if you're going into history, right? I mean, the only thing that the GRE can measure in in in, our, in my fields, right? And you got a bachelor's in history. I got a PhD in history. Uh, is 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 really only the the writing section, the yep. word associations. That don't even help. That's just memorizing some shit. I I I didn't I couldn't afford the class, so I bought a GRE prep book all the prep book was teaching me was fucking strategies to beat the test it was just all that shit is just testing your your knowledge of the strategy
0: for the yeah. test. i mean that's the, <clears throat> that goes back to what you were saying though we're gonna have these we're gonna have an educational system where if you can pay to advance you can't and if mm-hmm. you can't you're just supposed to be rolled in to work these menial labor jobs mm-hmm. you know i think that's what I, I find hilarious with all the elon musk dick writers. They're like he's gonna get us to Mars. No, he's gonna get, gonna get the stuff. rich people to Mars.
1: Indeed. What the hell they? Think? Right. What like they gonna take your broke ass with them to Mars for? They trying to yeah. leave you.
0: Or. Or they might take your broke ass to Mars, to and you're just gonna be the guy that. Guy that yep. Yep. That's work. what you're gonna do. You're yeah. not. You're not gonna be having dinner with Elon, you know, and you know, new Tesla, the capital city of Mars, okay? You're going to be digging ditches. You're going to be cleaning toilets.
1: Yeah. You're going to be
0: shining shoes, man. Like, they you're, you're not going to be sci-fi. one of the chosen few.
1: They better watch some sci-fi and see how that shit go.
0: It was an episode.
1: Yep. Oh, man, I can't, I can't remember which uh, It might have been uh, D-Space, I mean, Voyager. Uh might have been Voyager. And they asked, got captured by this alien race, and they wiped their memory. And they had their ass working in the bottom of a city underneath underground in the mine. And all the rich people in that city of that alien race lived above it in this bubble, right? You know, they didn't know the motherfuckers was down there working and stuff for a certain group of the elite who was in charge of that. And the people that was down there working didn't even know it was a civilization above them. You know, that's what they dumbass going to be doing on Mars talking about Elon, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, they ass gonna be at the bottom of the fucking line on Mars.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's the thing is that this this libertarian vision of what Mars is gonna be. I, I like I've told people like, no, it's gonna be like the Matt Damon movie Elysium. We're gonna yes. be down here, yeah, like living in trash cans, and every yeah. like all the rich people are gonna be on Mars yes. just living it up, you know, like
1: Yes. You're gonna be like, Where Wally E at? Yeah, you
0: know, at this point. That's just, <laughs>
1: Yes. And that's what they did to the cities. Now they trying to reclaim the cities. That's what they did to the cities. They took all the resources out, right? Uh they made them undesirable to go, building them stadiums in the suburbs. I mean them white people was mad as fuck at Atlanta. If we get we didn't even address that real elephant in the room. They mad as hell. They like these Negroes and took over this shit and they just gotta and a, a, a palooza they just going crazy in Atlanta. Right? all right i mean they like man we got to get away from them but my big six-figure job is in the atlanta metro area so we got to still live around here but we gotta we gotta have our own thing i'm tired of going down there and ray ray trying to sell me a damn t-shirt Billy bob (laughs) drunk as hell sleeping on the fucking ground i'm tired of all this shit we gonna i I don't feel comfortable taking my kids to the braves game see like and
0: that's what kills me uh i went to to cleveland uh last year in september and i caught a couple guardians games and you know there's a, There are a lot of homeless around the stadium, but let's yeah. face it, it's because the state decided to pay for a stadium rather than mental health services or you know uh a continuing, yeah yeah, you know um you know down here in North Carolina, when they closed Dorothea Dix, uh, which was a mental hospital, everyone uh and, and uh uh a continuing education center for people with developmental disabilities, like adults, uh, they just threw them out, literally threw them out and they've been on the streets since. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been getting so cold down here in North Carolina, which really, uh, it's been kind of bizarrely cold. Um, we had homeless people hopping on the Greyhound, uh, in downtown Fayetteville just to go up to Raleigh to maybe get into a shelter. Maybe. Exactly. If we have, yeah. And that's the thing. If we have money and I'm using the Royal we, not Mm -hmm. the, not the us, we, uh, if we have money for stadiums how do we have not have money for shelters to make sure people aren't freezing to death
1: indeed why can't we finance public dollars to finance one of those dilapidated buildings now they done turned into a fucking moose jaw in downtown detroit why couldn't they public financing to renovate one of them buildings for a homeless shelter a temporary shelter a seasonal shelter in michigan it gets crucial you from ohio you from cleveland Man, the motherfuckers be dying every winter just because they's laying on the bench and freeze to death. You know what I'm saying? The shit is ridiculous. But they about to build this brand new ass fucking stadium. Kid Rock got a fucking restaurant. I think they made him close it because he was on that bullshit. But nonetheless, you know what I'm saying.
0: All these
1: these people, man, it's, it's, it's wild. And don't get me wrong. I get frustrated, too. I had to tell some mugs when I'm downtown Detroit, smoking cigarettes outside the bar or restaurant. I'm like, man, I gave you $2 before. Don't ask me no fucking more. Now you're getting on my nerves because you're tripping. Because they got mental health issues and they own some other shit because they need to be getting help, but they abandoned yep. on the streets. So I, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not going to act holier than thou. I too get frustrated. But because I understand one and two of your uh, 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 subscribers miss you know, lumping, lumping pro- proletariat. Yes, I identify with that group in the dichotomy of things. People say, you're a college professor. Well, the way money getting paid now, nah, brother, according to these damn maga ass crackers, I'm not even middle class, bro, because I don't make 400K a year. I don't make yep. 100K a year. So I'm, wor- at best, working class. But I view myself because of my background, and I do identify with the lumping proletariat, although I recognize that I'm not as lumping as others. But I mean, so I, I, I view these homeless people by these stadiums and stuff. I have empathy for them, because I see that could have been me, or still could be me. All it takes is one or two bad months, or something to go wrong at my job. Yeah. And now I'm one or two months without a job, and I'm fucked. Cause these people will evict you where I'm at in North Carolina. If you mention rent due the first, by the seventh, they ain't got that money. You getting an eviction notice. I'm like, damn, I ain't used to this. I thought a motherfucker get 30 days or some shit. Like, what the fuck? I just forgot, man. That's all <laughs> yeah. I actually got the money. I just literally got lazy and was like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow and forgot, <laughs> type shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, that so, that's that's the yeah. thing,
0: man. We we are you know, the the fact of the matter is, it's you know I I, I love the history program at Pembroke, and and it mm-hmm. killed me when I found out one of my favorite professors, who was an adjunct, literally only got a 364 day contract and had to interview for his same job just mm-hmm. to keep it. That makes yeah. and the thing is, everybody you have to realize outside of STEM and business, that is every professor in the arts right now mm-hmm. justifying their job so they yep. can keep it, yep. you know, yep. because these yep. schools see STEM in business and Pembroke is guilty as shit of this. Yep, with that new business, Pembroke just built one of only the, the third accredited business school in the state of North Carolina. I saw uh, it
1: in November, the first time I had been back since I moved. I, my fraternity had a leadership conference down there. So I rode down with one of my undergraduate fraternity brothers to that. Five hour fucking drive. And they was hosting it in the new business school. So when mm-hmm. I saw the building address on the stuff, I'm like, man, what the fuck is this? Man, I ain't never heard of this building. You showed this the right address? Shit, we pull up and then I saw the new building because mm-hmm. it's right there by uh, what was the building in my office used to be?
0: Right there, right there by Dial.
1: Yes, right next to Dial. Yes, yes. Yep. Yes. Yes, I saw it. I'm like, wow, they didn't, mm, they got some. Somebody donates some money or whatever. Oh man.
0: yeah, yeah. The, all all told, twenty six million dollars all told. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, everybody, that's that's the episode for today. I, I hope it gave you something to think about because um, we're we're failing as a society when we decide that we're going to justify uh you know the the circus and bread aspect of of control. Uh, and I'm guilty of it. I love sports. I talk about sports all the time. I love sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it doesn't mean that I don't see kind of like the seedy side to this, uh, especially when I see people on the streets. I see people struggling to make ends meet. I see people, you know, schools closing. I see, you know, public health clinics closing. I see all these things, these, you know, public works and public programs being cut also mm-hmm. – a group of millionaires and I believe athletes should get paid. They're the ones out there putting their, their very health at risk, Mm -hmm. you know, for my enjoyment, but they are millionaires, not all of them, but they, they make significantly more money than Mm -hmm. everybody that is watching this program right now. And is going to listen to this program. Right. They make significantly more than us. We have to stop catering to them. Like that's, mm. I, I think that's a good way to kind of like tie this one off. We have to stop and get back to taking care of community. Mm. But Dave, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. It's um, good, to, good to sit here and, and chew the fat and actually talk about some important shit uh, with you. Um, remember everybody, please hit the subscribe button. Please become a patron. Please continue to listen. We, you know, we're doing this so uh, we can help, uh, kind of spur good conversation, learn something, and occasionally laugh at a Dick and Fart joke. You know, it just happens sometimes uh during conversation. But everybody, uh thank you so much for listening and uh, you know, we're out.
1: Indeed. Thank you. Peace.